Hello, welcome back to another episode of the HOSF1 podcast. Today is Thursday, July 13th, and F1 is a savage sport. Nick DeVries, after just 10 races, he's out, but Daniel Ricciardo, he's back. A little round of applause there for Danny. Adrian will be, speaking of back, Adrian will be here in a minute to give his his thoughts on everything, but... So I had to hop on quick and uh, discuss Danny being back, but also Nick DeVries being out. Um, yeah, unfortunate situation for him. Obviously, he only got ten races, but he's not a young he's not a young buck. He's not uh, in his early twenties. I believe he's twenty eight years old. Um, so I mean, he had his chance. Uh, as tough as it is, it is the Pinnacle Motorsport. He had ten races um, in a bad car, albeit, but. He just didn't perform, and uh, yeah, Red Bull gets the rest of the season to see with AlphaTauri how Daniel does to see if he's maybe a viable replacement for Checo or maybe kind of like a a show me drive to see if he can get a spot somewhere else. Um, interesting thing to me is the timing of it. Excuse me there. <clears throat> the interesting thing to me is the timing. Like we're only two races away from the summer break, so interesting that they would give. Uh, give him the seat now with only like a bit over a week to get ready for Hungary. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. I'm obviously very excited to have Danny back. I'm one of the many, many people out there that loves Daniel Ricciardo, one of my favorite drivers. So it'll be great to have him back. It'll be great to have him in the paddock doing like doing interviews, just seeing him around. Um, obviously, he gets to race Vegas, which is a big deal to him. So um, just kind of funny to see how far... He's gone from just a few weeks ago doing the uh, alternate broadcast of an F1 race to now he's going to be in the F1 race in going from Canada to Hungary um, broadcasting to racing. So, yeah, good for him. Tough break for Nick DeVries. Uh, he was spotted Wednesday morning, I believe, um, in Monaco having lunch with Toto Wolff. So, um, I don't know, maybe he'll end up back with Mercedes as a reserve driver or something. Or I, I have no idea, but we'll definitely find out. What's, what's going on we'll find out more details behind everything but Helmut Marco has kind of been alluding to this uh, behind the scenes for a while from what we've been seeing this has been we've, there's been uh, it's been alluded to for a long time that he doesn't they necessarily don't necessarily love Nick DeVries in that car so yeah I mean I'm surprised it happened this early and I'm, I'm surprised that Daniel Ricardo's back already but I'm happy I'm excited uh, I think it's an interesting angle of it is also what this means for Sergio Perez. Obviously, he hasn't gotten into Q3 five races in a row in a rocket ship of a car that Max has won, what, six races in a row? I mean, the Rebels won all, what, 10 or 11 races? I keep forgetting if it's 10 or 11 races, but um, they've won all the races this year. So pretty uh, pretty embarrassing for Checo not to get into, not to be getting regularly into Q3 and, like, yeah, he's getting sec- thirds and some seconds, and I f- believe he finished sixth at Silverstone, starting basically near the back, but that's just not good enough. And once other teams start catching up with their with their developments, which will eventually happen, hopefully, if Rebel wants to win the Constructors, they've got it this year. Max alluded to it. He's got it on his own, basically. Um, but next year, the following year after that, Sergio performing like this just won't be good enough. So, as we've seen, especially with Rebel, they're a uh, very savage team 
so they're not they're not scared to drop their drivers if they want to make a change um regardless of contract status so yeah it'll be interesting to see how this affects Checo. um he he's got to have a good hungary and a good a good belgian grand prix as well so i mean i'm not i don't think they would drop him mid-season but <laughs> who knows now um yeah i don't know uh but in terms of the british grand prix not gonna do too much of a recap of that because it's a few days past. Um, I don't know. I want to hear Adrian's thoughts on Danny being back mainly, um, and Sergio Perez as a Rebel fan, what he thinks is gonna happen there. Um, but yeah, I'll talk a little bit about Silverstone. We had another, we had another grid walk moment. What's her name? Cara Delevingne, this time, and I don't know. She's getting a lot of flack online, and when you first see it, it's rightfully so. I mean. There's literally a rule that if you go on the grid, you have to talk to Martin Brundle if he tries to come up and talk to you. And she declined multiple times. Uh, absolutely just a savage line that he gave back to, after she declined. I was saying, oh, I'm sure that would have been real interesting anyways. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's getting a lot of hate online. Apparently she was told not to do it. And you can kind of see her looking at someone when he's asking her to speak. Um, it would have been easy just to say hi. Like, I'm here... I'm excited to be here. I'm going to enjoy the race, but uh, I don't know. I don't think she, it's not uh, not nearly as bad as some of the other ones. But I think people that are getting all this access that every, like big F1 fans would die to have, it is a little uh, a little crazy. But they're living in a different world. They're celebrities, so what are you going to do? And in terms of the actual race, though, I mean the big the big takeaway is are the McLarens. The Williams looked great in. Um, Qualifying didn't quite have it as much in the race, but I mean they were still good. Logan Sargent almost had his first points, uh, but obviously Max winning and getting past his lap—that's almost a given at this point. But Lando Norris finishing second, Oscar Piastri finishing fourth. Realistically, I'll even say as a Lewis fan that uh, Lewis got a little bit—he got lucky the timing of the safety car. Goes around, comes around. He's had a few bad breaks with that, so it's good for him. Good to see him get a good break. Um, but yeah, Oscar realistically deserved third so just pretty much out of nowhere the McLaren's coming up and, and uh, back into podium contention obviously then we're getting a podium so we'll see if that carries over to Hungary next weekend or if it was kind of just a one-off but I mean certain teams are making strides it just doesn't seem to be the teams we thought it would be and the teams that are making the strides are coming from farther back so hopefully McLaren or sorry Mercedes Aston Martin or Ferrari will have one of these big jumps and actually be able to fight, uh, actually be able to fight with the Rebel, but not holding my breath on that one. Definitely not expecting that in Hungary, but we'll discuss Hungary more next week. Um, other takeaways from the race, yeah, Perez sixth, just another bad qualifying for him. Fernando Alonso seventh. Um, I don't know really what's happened to the Aston Martin. It was it was definitely the closest car to Rebel at the start of the season. Seems as though the other cars have caught up a bit, or like they've just kind of stalled in terms of their development. Uh, yeah, Nick DeVries finishes last of the drivers to finish the race in his final race in F1. It's a bit of a sad departure, but it's kind of been that way. Saw it coming. I'm sure he kind of knew the writing was on the wall. Just tough break in that car. But uh, yeah, I mean, not too much else. Charles Leclerc only finishing ninth. Albon eighth. Good finish for the Williams. Um, yeah, I want to look at the uh, driver standings here. Bear with me for uno momento. Let's see how far back the boys are from Perez. 
fifth. Sergio Perez, second place in the standings, 156. Alonso, 137. Hamilton, 121. If, any, if Alonso or Hamilton pass Perez at any point in the season, that's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I'm going to throw it back to Adrian now again and get his thoughts on on Silverstone, but as I mentioned earlier, mainly Daniel Ricciardo coming back and uh, what this means. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> throwing it to Adrian for what this means for Checo and Danny being back. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Quick episode this week, but uh, couldn't let it go without talking about Danny. So, Adrian, over to you, pal. Thank you, RJ. Sorry to jump scare all of you, but the professional time is over, okay? RJ is the professional of the show, okay? He's the producer, not me. Nah, I'm a loose cannon. Can't you just tell? I mean, does this face not just look like madness? It probably doesn't, but it, it, it's filled with just pain as someone who has two Ferrari drivers in their top three of their fantasy F1 team. I mean, Ferrari. I know this has been a Red Bull week. But what is going on with Ferrari, man? I mean, Silverstone was so embarrassing for them. Carlos Sainz, while seemingly have he's been on the pace pretty well the past couple of the GPs and even in quali for Silverstone, I don't know if, you know, they just degrade all their tires, but he was just, I mean, getting overtaken, getting a double overtake in one of those cars being a Williams on yourself, it's just... That is a tough look. So shame on you, Ferrari. It's your weekly shame. Shame on you, Ferrari. Uh, I mean, what is it? What else is there to say? There's nothing. There's nothing of note of that team. Charles needs to. Charles, you've just got to save the team. You just have to, because Fred is obviously. I, <laughs> I'm talking like somebody that has no fucking clue what they're talking about. I know that it's not one person that can save an F1 team, but it's just disappointing because Ferrari is such a legendary team and. They've just so, so consistently fucking dropped the ball. And it's kind of tiring because I kind of hedged my bets on them this season, and it's not gone well. But back to the news that everybody actually cares about. Red Bull, yes, RJ did a did a great job sort of recapping Silverstone. You know, we're keeping it short this week. You know, sure, everybody that wants to know about Silverstone and what happened has already watched or read or listened about it. So won't go too much into detail. McLaren, obviously, or the the uh, the drivers of the day. You know, I think Oscar deserved that almost as much as Lando. Lewis definitely, like RJ said, got a little bit lucky with the safety car, but, you know, he still drove pretty well. The rear end on that Mercedes, dreadful. Just purely dreadful. It just looks like such a pain in the ass to drive, but props to Lewis for capitalizing on the safety car and waiting. You know, that was part of his strategy, so, I mean, it's not all luck. He was waiting for the safety car, and it worked out. Oscar still managed to get P4, which... Like he said, you know, it's good to be disappointed with P4, especially considering where they were at the start of the season. So Piastri is on my fantasy team, so I really hope he's able to keep sort of this momentum going and actually get a podium, especially in your rookie season. I mean, he's already proven that he's by far the most talented rookie on the grid and potentially a WDC contender in the future. You know, we'll have to see about that depending on the type of car he's consistently put in. But Red Bull. It has been a week for Red Bull. Specifically, rest in peace, Nick DeVries. I mean, if you go back, if you've listened to our episodes, last year in Monza, I was really, really hyped on DeVries. I was supportive of him getting the Red Bulls or the outside the AlphaTauri seat, but I very quickly 
went back on that. I think I may have been just a little bit tough on him because obviously he's a rookie, but he is the oldest rookie on the grid. I mean, he's three years older than me, you know, so, <laughs> you know, me with all my experience. But he the, the point is, is he's a bit older than not a bit older. He's a goddamn lot older than most of the rookies we have on the grid compared to guys like, you know, Oscar and Logan and even guys that have been in F1 for a long time. Most of these guys are younger than, you know, 28 years old, most of them. So all that saying, you're old, Nick. So bye-bye. No, I'm just kidding. Red Bull is so, I mean, this is the fifth time they've removed a driver mid-season, which I saw an interesting point on Twitter. Red Bull is sort of hailed as like being like the best driver recruiters in the sport as far as developing talent and nurturing it until they're ready to be in like a top tier team. But swapping out five drivers midseason, especially in the short amount of time that they've done it, that doesn't really scream like all that high of a success rate to me. And this is coming from a Red Bull fan. So, and I know Helmet is probably the one behind most of these decisions. I mean, he has not been quiet or silent about his distaste for Nick DeVries performance this whole season. I mean, I mean, I'm sure that didn't help at all in Nick's confidence and just his ability to take the car and manage to do something with it, which speaking of the car, it's absolute garbage. Like Yuki Tsunoda is a great driver, but even he is like continuing, continuing to, struggle and not have very good performances week after week. So this was a very interesting decision. Swapping out Daniel, obviously it's exciting. Who doesn't love Daniel Ricardo? Daniel Ricardo is one of my favorite drivers. And now since Nick was on my fantasy team, I have Daniel on my fantasy team, which I'm so, so happy about. But was it the best way for him to return to the sport? I don't think so. You know, he's I mean, it was for sure a rash decision that they made probably at, I mean, there was def, it was finalized at the Pirelli tire test at Silverstone, but I'm sure over the course of the weekend, this is when it all developed. Like, I don't think this has been obviously planned for that long. So silly season is just always enjoyable and we're getting a extremely silly season. I mean, there's rumors now of Leclerc being offered Perez's seat in 2024 Lando being offered it and and either in 2025 or at the at the end of 2025 I'm not sure but it is crazy and now we've learned that Albon actually turned down the offer to come back into the Red Bull squad I guess potentially to be a reserve driver maybe or just to be sort of put back into the fold like Daniel was but he was like nah fuck that which is good because he's been doing excellent things at Williams and Williams needs a driver like Albon, and I think they've got a really good driver pairing. They're developing a rookie, and they've got a guy who's had experience across multiple, well, I guess he's had experience in a top-tier team, so that is really serving them well, and they're actually able to get really good results, especially Albon, and Logan is continuing to improve every week, so it's really nice to see Williams not be backmarkers every single week. I think everybody, I don't think anybody hates Williams. I mean, they're you know, they're a legendary F1 team. How could you dis, how could you hate or, or not like a little bit of Williams success? Are they going to be world champion contenders anytime soon? No, absolutely not. But seeing them get points and potentially fight for podiums in the future is, is cool. But people, I think, need to 
not get ahead of themselves. Silverstone is a very like specific track. You got a lot of high speed corners. There's not a lot of tracks that are like Silverstone. So we don't know if McLaren is going to continue to perform at the level that they are. I mean, clearly the upgrades are working. They're good. But is it good enough for them to fight fucking Red Bull and beat a Mercedes on softs while on hards? I mean, what? That is just insane. But McLaren know what they're doing. And I was watching that race and thinking to myself, what what are, what are they doing? But it turned out to just be such a high IQ master plan of a play. And even Lando was roasting them over the radio and in, in his post-race interview saying that some people are still beginners in some things or whatever he said, but it turned out to be the right decision, you little shit. Because that McLaren can get those tires warmed up so quickly. So putting the hards on was just brilliant. Even if Lewis had managed to like overtake Lando in the next three or four laps that the race was ending, he potentially could have overtaken him again. So I think it was a good call, personally. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion, obviously, because it turned out very well for them, but... Yeah, it was a very, very interesting race, but sort of the Daniel Ricciardo news has sort of taken over the zeitgeist of F1. I mean, the F1 page themselves have just been posting nonstop Daniel, which I know that's what Red Bull likes. You know, they're they're kind of like McLaren. You know, PR is a very important thing. I mean, that goes for all the teams, but some teams sort of prioritize PR, and Red Bull is definitely one of those teams so the fact that they've I'm pretty sure the Formula One page posted on Twitter or Instagram two times about Nick DeVries this entire season but since Daniel Ricciardo's announcement they've already made like 30 plus posts about him like it's insane like Daniel is a marketing PR machine that just can't be stopped so what does that mean for the actual Red Bull team so clearly what they're doing is they're, they're pitting Daniel and Yuki against each other to see who's the better driver in case they want to replace Checo either at the start of 2024 or 2025 because that is coming whether people want to accept it or not I know there's a lot of Checo fans out there you know he could turn it around this season and have a really confident P2 finish in the championship but I'm pretty sure Helmet has already mentally made that decision that he's just not up to par with what they want as a second driver. I mean, you look at Max, I mean, he's gotten pole four or five races in a row, and Sergio's not made it into Q3. It's been P20, P15, P13, P14. It's it's not good for that insane car that they have, especially this first half of the season that's just not been able to be touched. The fact that he struggled so much is... I don't know if that lends itself to the fact that Red Bull design that car around Max Verstappen's body or if Sergio is just not you know sort of the opposite of Daniel who completely takes to an Adrian Newey design does Checo just not really take to that sort of driving style that's you know these are all good questions that I'm asking myself to this webcam with nobody else in this room besides my dog who I will show at the end of this but (laughs) yeah it's it's going to be interesting I think if Daniel is able to continuously outperform Yuki which I think is going to be tough because his confidence is at an all-time high right now Daniel but if he jumps into that shit tractor of a car and starts having you know not good weekends it's could be damaging to him and it could potentially fuck up his return to potentially the top tier team 
which is what I personally want. I would love for Daniel to be able to return to his team. And God, seeing Daniel Ricardo race in a Red Bull would... It, it, I, I really don't know if there's like a another F1 bucket list item that would uh, have as much impact on me as that would. It would just be so mind-blowing, and I hope it happens. But he's got to earn it. That's the thing. He's got to earn it. And Checo said in an interview he couldn't care less about all the driver moves. That's not true. You know, he may not care, but he knows it matters. He knows his performance is the determining factor of him keeping his seat. So it makes me think how good would the uh, racing point force or in race? uh, Oh my God, the pink Mercedes in 2020, how good could that car have been if Lance Stroll and Sergio Perez were not driving it? Like if you had maybe Leclerc or Lando in that car, it probably could have, I mean, if Lance was able to achieve pole in that car, I mean, come on, who knows what it could have done. But it's it's exciting. It's very exciting. I'm I'm so hopeful that Daniel's able to actually get some decent results. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be what we're going to have to watch. I do feel bad for Nick DeVries. Ten races is so short, and the original report was that he had until the winter break. But I, they just were like, Nah, let's 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 cut it. You know. And it's, it's Formula One, you know, I do feel bad, but at the same time, you're at the top level of motorsport, and he has just been completely abysmal. So, do I disagree with the decision? Not at all. Is it fair? Is it nice? No, it's not. But that's just sports, so there's not really anything much more to say about that. I mean, he had his chance to go to Williams, and he chose Alpha Tauri, so, I mean... You make your bed, you got to lie in it. So I do feel bad for him, but I mean, let's, I'm not even going to lie. I'm so happy Daniel's back. I cannot lie about that. Like I am a complete sheep when it comes to that man. He, I mean, drive to survive. Come on now. He's just, he's the best. How can you not love Daniel? Um, besides that, I think that's all I have to talk about. I have to, my punishment, uh, since Max is on RJ's team and Max wins every fucking week, I have to do a punishment every time one of his drivers wins. So I've been doing punishments out the ass. So I'm going to save that for next week. I have to do a minute long rant, a negative rant about Max Verstappen and Red Bull, which I feel like that's kind of been what I'm doing this whole time. I feel like I haven't been super nice to them, but I'll go extra hard next time. I do love Red Bull. I love that team. That There's a reason they're my favorites, but you know, they're not perfect. So come back next week. If you want to hear that next, yeah, next week, we're going to be doing the pre-race discussion of Hungary, doing our predictions, all that good stuff. So yeah, uh, that's going to be it for me. Uh, thank you, RJ, for doing the recap in the beginning and for accommodating. Both of us just have some crazy schedules going on. And sometimes it's just hard to find the time to block out you know an hour hour and a half to get these things done uh so it's nice that we can still do these little segmented episodes so but it doesn't beat the real thing i definitely obviously much much prefer recording live with rj so come back next week when you're going to hear both of us live at the same time having real conversations like real people (laughs) and not talking to a computer screen so yeah that's going to be it if you guys like this podcast share it subscribe to our youtube channel follow us on social media We're trying to post more. It's just me and RJ. It's very hard to run a full podcast and try to crank out content while working full-time jobs. So 
any support that you guys can do is super appreciated, even if it's just a like or rating us five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So, so appreciated. So thank you guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Say bye, Jet. Bye.